0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee.
1: This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk
0: for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns, No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tatum. Hey Renee. (laughs) Hey, hey. (laughs) I don't know what the hell was wrong with me on that one. Uh, I I just felt like being silly.
1: Okay. Well, we're about to be silly because Kansas was silly. But before we even jump into all that happened in Kansas, let's talk about our weekend because we know our fans and our friends and our listeners at home want to know what happened this weekend, and I will give you the rundown of the show. So let me give you the rundown. First, we'll jump into sure. our weekend talk. Then we'll jump into Kansas. Go so for it. today we're going to talk about our weekend. Like I just didn't say that. And after we talk about the weekend, we're going to talk about Kansas because there was a big one at Kansas. Mm-hmm. I mean, a big one in many ways, a big one that shook up the playoff pitcher. And then we're going to jump into. The playoff picture. No, we gotta paint the picture of what's going on before we talk about it, and then from there we are gonna talk about Dale Jr. because we talk about Dale Jr. every week. Renee, not that Renee's obsessed with him, but NASCAR is obsessed with him. So with it being, I know, right?
0: It is making me obsessed with him, though. I kind of don't mind talking about it.
1: Well, Renee, what? It being his final year of racing, we had to do it. We had to give you a Dale Jr. update every week. And it's not that there's ever a lack of updates. There's always something going on with Dale Jr. We're going to talk about what's going on in NASCAR, which isn't much other than They make up rules every week, but that's a whole nother conversation. We're going to jump in our fan comment of the week and we're going to give you our Martin Fields prediction as well as our playoff predictions because, and then there were eight, but then there'll be four. So we're going to talk about the drivers we think will be eliminated. So on that note, Renee, how was your weekend? Did you watch your teams? Because, He's in a unique position, listeners. Renee is from Houston, Texas. That's but right. But he lives in Los Angeles. How about those Dodgers go blue? Yep. So, Renee, what's going on with you? Major League Baseball, your weekend, what's up with you? I'm
0: telling you, you know, it was nerve-wracking. It was uh, <laughs> nerve-wracking, to say the least, because... Uh, because, you know, I have friends of mine that are from New York and they're Yankee fans. And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, it's such a tough position to be in because when your friends are rooting for the opposite team that is playing the team that you like, that's difficult, you know, <laughs> because they talking trash, you talking trash and nobody wants to take it too personal. But when it comes to, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how it is with women, but guys, you know, sometimes we can get a little heated, but I have to admit, Tam, That me and my buddy, Vinny, who is a huge Yankee fan, we actually watched the last two games together and actually had a really good time enjoying each other's company watching the game, even though his team lost. And I'm going to probably have to do the same with friends of mine here in Los Angeles that are Dodger fans. Okay, so
1: he's going with the home-home team, which is the Houston Astros.
0: Oh, yeah. So, look, Dodger fans keep going, hey, look, it's our year, bro. And I'm going, oh, well, that's kind of funny because I think it's our year, too.
1: (laughs) Well, it's the year of Renee because Renee's winning. At the end of the day, clearly you want your Houston Astros to win. But if the Dodgers win, you'll be winning as well.
0: You know what? Absolutely. So it's kind of a win-win situation, but I'd You're rather have the Houston Astros win, I want to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me jump in and tell you about my weekend because I know you guys want to know. Yes, I was at the Formula One race, but before I headed over to Austin, Texas, I was in Renee's State, Houston. And unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to catch a Houston Astros game because they were in... New York, whooping up on the Yankees, but I was in Houston. I had a wonderful opportunity to go visit Shell's headquarters. And I'm talking about Shell as in Shell, the gasoline, the oil. I learned so much at Shell. I've had these unique opportunities to visit various oil companies and the technology and the things that I've learned, I just can't put into words. You know, I'm not a scientist or I'm not super technical, but I've been fortunate to go in the lab with some people who make top lubricants and top gasoline for your car. And what is really crazy is that most of you guys don't know a lot of the gas that is used, whether it's in a Formula One car or a NASCAR car, is the same that you can put in your own car. Now, granted, it's a little bit more optimized and a little bit higher than premium or standard grade, but the fact that I never knew that, I don't know if I thought that all oh, this time NASCAR cars require some kind of special formulated petrol or oil, but I learned a lot at Shell. So, well, sounds like you said, did. Yeah. From leaving the Shell headquarters, we jumped over to the F1 race. Now, this was a treat, Renee, because it's not my first rodeo. I've been to a Formula One race before. It was actually my first Formula race in the United States, which was interesting. But I had an opportunity to actually go down in the pits and go in the lab and talk to some of the engineers and see how they were testing the oil and how they formulated, And you guys have no idea what goes on in Formula One. It is so high tech. The things that these guys are doing outside of the race, right there on the premises during a race is just mind boggling. So thank you. Yeah. So I just want to say thanks for Shell for giving me that opportunity to go behind the scenes and see exactly what's going on. It was everything. And I don't want to bore you guys because I know you're like, what is she talking about? Oils? (laughs) Well,
0: it sounds like you're going to start changing your own oil soon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to happen. I know. (laughs) But you you can always go to your nearest Jiffy Lube. They good. I'm not because I'm going to go to my nearest dealership, which is in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I know that just sounded so not cool. That was not a humble brag. Please do not take it like that. But that is the closest dealership to me from my car. Well, all that being said, some other cool things happened. And I again, I can't thank Shell enough because I had an opportunity to hang out with a couple of famous people this weekend and i'm talking about famous in the motorsports world well first of all let me back up because bill clinton was at the formula one race oh, i wow. saw him i think he saw me too i don't know but i was like hey is that a, bill. Is that a good
0: thing or a bad thing
1: <laughs> oh i don't inhale don't worry <laughs> okay wait was he the president who said he didn't inhale what's that was bill clinton the president that said he didn't inhale yes Okay. Well, I didn't inhale, Okay. but I, I definitely enjoyed my time there. <laughs> okay. I don't even know where this conversation is going. So let me get back to neither, the other okay. famous people that I actually had an opportunity to hang out with and talk to this entire weekend. Joseph Newgarten, who is the IndyCar champ who drives for Team Penske, was in the house. He was actually with us all weekend. He is one of the coolest guys ever, had an opportunity to talk to him. I really wanted to interview him, but I didn't quite feel that I wanted to go there with him because he was just so nice and he was enjoying his weekend. And I'm sure he didn't want me saying, hey, let's talk some motorsports. But I did get a chance on the last day to go over with him and Chase and some of the other guys that work for the Chive.com. I'm sure some of you guys are familiar with the Chive.com. If you're not, keep calm and Chive on. That is their slogan, for lack of a better word. But we went over, hung out at the Chive offices after the Formula One race and had a great time. And I was also hanging out with Bob Bondurant, and if you don't know, Google Bob Bondurant. He is, he they actually have a school, or he has a school in phoenix arizona and he teaches people how to drive at least he used to he's older oh, wow. but the school is still up and kicking it's pretty expensive but it's a school that you want to go to if you want to drive like i believe joy logano's going to the bob Bondurant school is a bunch of famous drivers at some point in their career have been at that school him and his oh, awesome lovely wife pat and his son jason are everything and ty shout out to ty really great time hanging out with them all weekend So who else? Oh, and because it doesn't stop there. And these are all just me being in the motorsports world. No NASCAR people at Circuit of America, which where the Formula One race was held. But I did meet some other famous people. I'm on the plane. And as I'm getting on the plane, you know, I'm sitting in first class. Let me just throw that out
0: there. Mm -hmm. The only way to travel.
1: Well, hey, you know what? I don't always fly first class, but <laughs> when I do, you know, so I'm sitting in first class and I notice everybody gets on the plane, they they keep looking at the guy who's sitting next to me. So this one guy, he was like, hey, you know, he acts pretty much like shots him out and was like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't want to tell you everything he was saying because it was so brief, but it raised my awareness like, hmm, who am I sitting next to? I just flat out asked him after about two minutes. I was like, so do you work in model sports? And he was like, yeah, you know, but he was so cool and so modest. I didn't have any idea still who he was. So I'm trying to figure out how am I going to find out who this guy is? He told me after we started talking, your girl, Tam, is only sitting next to christian Honer, who's the team principal of the red bull racing team and if you don't know what a team principal oh, is wow. in formula one that's the man that's the boss man yeah he runs the team and he didn't tell me this but of course google told me because when in doubt google
0: google has all the answers
1: yeah christian he didn't tell me he was married to a spice girl I guess this is just how they do in Great Britain and London because your boy, your famous soccer guy, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> you don't know who I'm talking about, Renee?
0: There's uh Messi. That's one of oh, the Oh no,
1: pop- you you all off. David Beckham. So David oh, Beckham David is Beckham. married to a spice girl. You got the footballer, spice girl, famous athlete, spice girl. Yeah. Christian Honor, he actually used to race, so he's a former driver. And now he's the team principal and he's married to a Spice Girl. So I guess that's just how they do over in London. And he's actually married to Jerry Hollowell. So what was Jerry? Was uh, she pretty Spice? I don't re- really remember. Yeah, Sporty Spice. I don't
0: know anything about the Jerry Spice
1: Girls. Spice. I know you guys are like, yeah, whatever. But no, nonetheless, it was really cool because why me sitting next to him is significant to what we're talking about. Because not only was he a motorsports team principal, but we talked about Pablo Montoya. He used to race against him. So we had this whole conversation about NASCAR and all that stuff. So I can go on and on and on, but I'm sure you guys don't want to hear that. So I'm just going to wrap and say this. Thank you to Shell for a lovely weekend. I enjoyed myself. I learned a lot about oils and lubricants. Hopefully you guys will take the jump over to the website, educate yourself because what type of gas you put in your car does matter. If you don't believe me, just watch NASCAR or watch an F1 race or watch Mm -hmm. an IndyCar race. On that note, let's talk about Kansas.
0: Okay, let's do it.
1: Renee, I will admit I'm a NASCAR junkie. So while I was at the Formula One race, I was trying to get my NASCAR fix on. So luckily for me, when we were taking our bus ride back, I was able to pop open my NBC Go app and catch the rest of the race. I just watched it on the bus. And all I saw, well, when I first came on, I believe it was when Jimmy Johnson was on the five-minute clock that he seemed to be on the five-minute clock for about 30 minutes because we had so many accidents and stuff. And I was able to see the big one because I went back and watched the highlights of that. Yeah. How about that Martin Truex Jr.? I mean, I can go on talking about everything else, but I, let's just go straight to it. How about your boy?
0: You know what? The 78 is on another level. Let's be honest and straight up. He, he is literally on another level. And I know Kyle Bush is kind of still on a level of his own too, but I think Martin Truex Jr. has raised the bar, if you know what I mean, Tim. Like He's literally like... Raised the bar so high that I'm telling you, I just, I don't see anybody beating this. he's He's like on another planet right now, you know?
1: Well, this is related, but unrelated. It just made me think about something. Shots to 114 photography. When I was leaving Los Angeles to go to Houston, I randomly saw this guy with a number 78, a number 77, and a number 114 sticker on his luggage. I thought immediately, oh, it's like, oh, Martin Truex Jr. and Eric Jones. But then I was like, no, maybe those are NASCAR related stickers because he had the number 114. Sure enough, we randomly started talking. He asked me where I was going. I told him I was going to the Formula One race, but I was stopping in Houston first. And I said, well, where are you going? He said, Kansas. And I said, what'd you just so happened to be going to Kansas for the NASCAR race. And he was like, yeah, how did you know? And then I it told him because I saw the stickers and I thought that was a Martin Truex Jr. sticker, but I wasn't 100% sure I was thrown off by the 114. So he explained to me that that was his number for the company. So shots to them. If you don't know about 114 Photography, head over to the website is 114photography.com. They actually shoot a lot of the drivers and a lot of the brands, and he was currently going to shoot Martin Truex. And when I say shoot, I mean photography, not shoot. Okay, so just wanted to interrupt for a moment and give him a shout out because it was really sweet. You know, even though I was at a Formula One race or headed to one, I talked NASCAR. I know people are like, shut up, but that's what I do. I talk NASCAR. So on that note, before we talk about anything else with the race, should I jump in and give you guys the top 10?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay. Top 10 went a little something like this. X Jr. As your boy, Renee Garcia just said, never ceases to amaze us. He came in the number one spot. Kurt Bush, How about that Kurt who Kurt, was already two. eliminated? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, he's already eliminated from the playoff run, but he came in number two. Ryan Blaney, number three.
0: Wow. Yeah, we'll get to him in a minute.
1: Chase Elliott, number four, Denny Hamlin, number five, Chris Buescher. We forget Chris Busher won a race, but that was last year. Huh. Your boy Dale Earnhardt Jr., he's creeping on up. Maybe he'll get a win. Will we, well, we have uh, five races left?
0: So uh, Yeah, just about. Yeah,
1: so Harvick, happy Harvick, top 10 with a number eight finish. Eric Amarola, that's two weeks in a row that he's had a top 10 finish, if I'm not mistaken. He came in ninth, and KB, as in Kyle Bush, Mr. Rowdy, came in 10th. Now, there were some playoff drivers who didn't do very well, and they fell out the top 10. Now yeah. is not the time to not be in the top 10. Jimmy right. Johnson, eleven; Brad Kozlowski, 13th. Stenhouse, Jr., 29th. Jamie McMurray, 34th. Kenseth. As in my man, the quiet assassin who has been quieted thanks to NASCAR's ruse, number 37, and Kyle Larson. This one here hurt many people. Nobody saw him not being in Homestead competing for a championship. But that boy, Kyle Larson, came in thirty nine. He was out of there, done for the day, thanks to an engine, an engine that failed him. Maybe he didn't have the right gas. I don't know.
0: (laughs) No kidding, right? I mean- and I believe that they were saying that this is the first time that Kyle Larson had a blown engine ever. And what a horrible time to have an engine go down, you know?
1: That engine went down and took him down and pulled him right out the playoffs. We had 12 drivers that were contending for eight spots. And unfortunately, Larson, Kansas, Stenhouse Jr., and Jamie McMurray, none of those guys moved on and advanced to the round of eight who did advance to the round of eight, just a refresher, Truex Jr., who, to give you an idea, I believe Truex Jr. has a 60-point lead over Chase Elliott, who got the final playoff spot. That's crazy. So just really quick, our eight drivers moving on include Martin Truex Jr. in the number one spot, Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, and Chase Elliott, the two young boys, are moving on to the round of eight and we'll talk about this a little bit later. I don't know if they can move on to the round of four and contend for a championship in Homestead, well, Miami Homestead, but we'll see how that goes. Let's talk about Chase and Blaney for a minute. Who saw them both still? I think people thought maybe Chase would be in, but Blaney. Renee, what do you think about Blaney?
0: I know. You know I had Chase kind of pretty much all the way through. Blaney is the one that's that's just mind-blowing. I mean, no offense. I mean, I just didn't see Blaney getting that far, but he's kicking back, man. He's really driving really well, and he's managed to avoid some big wrecks in the last several races, and, and now he's right up there with uh, you know the other guys and, and the veterans, Jimmy Johnson, the Kyle Bushes, and I mean, this kid's got a shot. You know, he's got a legitimate shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting because Kansas was the equivalent of Talladega or Daytona yeah. With the wreck. I mean, it was a pretty scary wreck with Eric Jones and um Daniel Suarez.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, it was other cars involved, but those are the two that I remember seeing airborne or something to that effect. But maybe it's just unpredictable. They didn't get caught or able to survive. And I'm talking about Chase and Blaney in regards to the accident. But I don't know. We had this debate on our Twitter Chat, which we do on Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we talked about restrictor plate racing. We talked about the playoff format because a lot of people are still upset. People think we should go back to the way it used to be. You know, the way it used right. to be when my man, Matt won the championship
0: oh, way boy. back when. There we go. You know,
1: uh, yeah, you already know I was going there because he had seven guys over the pit. So, he was involved in a little mix up and he went in to pit row or on went to pit road and it seemed like he was gonna be in and move to the next round because Kyle Larson was already out at this point. But a little mix up on pit road called it. NASCAR was like, You're done because he has seven guys over. I'm not gonna debate with you about that rule because it is a rule. He broke the rule, but just not feeling it. What is- you know stupid, I'm reevaluating stupid rule. I'm my sorry,
0: thoughts, Tam, I'm I'm gonna say it. That is just the stupidest rule ever. I mean, I get it if you want to penalize a driver for having seven guys over the wall. I mean, but to completely disqualify a driver, that is just a crappy way to end your season. Oh man, if I'm at Kenseth, I'm still upset.
1: <laughs> just for clarification on that rule, was he disqualified or was his penalty? so severe that he ended up being disqualified. Because remember, he had came in to do repairs. Right. So that is the bigger question. I mean, for instance, Jimmy Johnson was able to survive the five-minute clock that seemed to last forever because we kept having cautions. But the whole five-minute clock thing is just crazy in itself. That's the rule I don't like, because I feel like, why do you have to go to the garage if you can fix it on pit road even if it takes 10 minutes
0: right 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 yeah. and, and but, that's understandable you know, too yeah th-
1: again it's, these are just the ruse on top of ruse with nascar that quite frankly are turning fans off
0: yeah and I, I i agree
1: okay matt Kensett i'm gonna give you my i haven't given a veteran driver rent in a minute but i just want to remind everyone who is listening that we lost tony stewart we lost Jeff Gordon to retirement. Cousin Carl is gone. Greg Biffle is gone. Matt Kensett is about to be gone and Dell Jr. is done. I want you guys to really understand this. The shift in NASCAR, it happened so swiftly that my head is still swimming. Now I have heard rumblings that cousin Carl was coming back. I don't know. Oh, and then we're losing Danica. And I guess I said that really correctly oh and we're losing danica as in (laughs) oh we're losing danica i know i don't know i'm just upset i've had so many conversations this week or this weekend while i was down at coda circuit of americas for the f1 races and nascar is in a predicament because fans like us we appreciate the younger drivers but we have a bond with the older drivers the veteran drivers
0: yeah, I think you're right, Tim. I mean, So a lot of us where do just... we go
1: when we lose all our veteran drivers at once? Yeah. I wasn't mad about Jeff Gordon retiring. But then Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Cousin Carl, Greg Biffle, Matt Kenseth, Dale Jr. Oh, and Danica.
0: Well, it seems really quick because it's happened within the last couple of years, you know?
1: Yeah, and Jimmy's done. I don't think Jimmy's going to re-up his contract in two years. So Jimmy's on his way out.
0: Especially if he gets his eighth Win of the, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> and then what do you do? You just ride off into the sunset, a champion.
1: The bigger issue too is that we're suffering from lack of personality. The young guys just don't have the bravado that the older drivers had. Like even with Matt Kenseth, who is my quiet assassin, when he spoke, you laughed. You made, you know, he has that dry sense of humor. Yeah, he does. But you laughed. If he got angry, you knew Kevin Harvick. He get mad. He's throwing punches. I mean, no, I'm just being honest. Tony Stewart, he's on the radio. UMF Uh, uh, uh. You know, he's mad. These young drivers, eh. you know, there was a dust up between Eric Jones and Christopher Bell racing in the Xfinity series. And people were like, oh, was it clean racing? Was it right? Was it wrong? I don't know. I guess I'm one of those kind of people that I fight to the finish. It's a race.
0: You know, I'm not I'm, saying you, right you there punch you. a
1: person in the face or you intentionally wreck them. But if it's a million dollars on the table and whoever gets there first is gonna keep that million, I'm sorry, Renee,
0: yeah. <laughs> I may
1: run on top of you, but I'm gonna get that million.
0: Yeah, I know, right? I don't know, and I'm gonna do the same right back at you.
1: <laughs> uh, but you see, here's the difference: I'm Tony Stewart, you're Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's a lover, not a fighter. Tony. He's now a lover, but he was always a fighter. The difference is you may think you're going to run over me, but I'm going to run over you, Renee. We've already established this. I'm the aggressor in this partnership. And I would share my millions with you because that's just who I am. But you're not going to get a million if it's on the table and it's about who gets there first. Listeners, what do you think? You listen to the podcast every week. Do you think I would beat Renee to the million or would Renee beat me to the million?
0: We'll see how that plays out.
1: Speaking of a million, Dale Jr. and his millions of fans. What's going on with him, Renee?
0: Oh, boy. Dale Jr. This guy is... Um... <laughs> okay, first of all, they put out this baby video. Dale and Amy announced that they were going to have a baby. So they, And if you uh, want to look at it, you can go to the Charlotte Observer, uh, click the link of the video that they have that they put up. And it's really, really cute. It's a cute little video where... They announced that they were having a baby, and then everybody just uh, at the office and in the garage got together, and and they were all like, "Hey, Dale and Amy are having a baby, and Dale and Amy are having a baby." And then they all start celebrating, and it's really cute. Now, you you got to go over there and look at it for yourself to really kind of get the feel of the video, but it's just a heartwarm felt video, and it's really really awesome. Dale Jr., you know, he he loves talking about everything, and you know the fact that he's on his last tour of races and he's on his farewell tour as well you know he does have to answer the same questions over and over and over and over again but one thing that he does light up is when he gets to talk about the future and not so much the past because um, the future I think with the baby being there and coming soon and the family starting to kind of come together the way he wanted it to Tim he loves talking about fatherhood I mean Dale Jr. just lights up when he gets to talk about that fatherhood coming. And and it feels good because it kind of takes me back, Tam, to where my son was getting ready to be born. It was just, you know, one of those things as a father that I understand and I get with a lot of things that he's saying. But Dale's funny with stuff. Dale is like really, really funny with stuff. And um, I don't know about you, <laughs> but... The Charlotte Observer also has an article where they start talking about Dale and and how he went in. Him and Amy went into the doctor's office to find out that they were pregnant. But uh, he said he didn't want to jinx anything. He just wanted to hear it from the doctor's mouth. And it was so funny because he was saying how everybody was just kind of like going in there and, and then they were waiting and then they finally get to go in there. And then Amy and the doctor are kind of going back and forth and they're talking like, this female talk. And he goes, I didn't understand what the hell they were saying. He goes, I just wanted to know, are we having a baby? Are we not having a baby? And finally the doctor said it and he just kind of was like, oh my God, thank God. Because he said he was just lost. He didn't know what the heck that was going on. On top of that, Dale Jr. Tam always has some awesome tweets to tweet.
1: Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) And uh, he had two tweets out, which were... (laughs) I'm laughing just thinking about it, but they were funny. They were like some really funny tweets. The first tweet he put up, and, and I'm quoting Dale Jr. in his tweet here, but he says, I still listen to Milli Vanilli sometimes. I know they wasn't legit, but girl, you know it's true and blame it on the rain. That was solid, unquote. I mean, <laughs> What's funny about that is I used to love Millie Vanilli. Those were my dudes. Ooh, and Tim, me ooh, and you are probably ooh, around the same you know, age. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those were two of my favorite songs.
1: Okay. Ever since I've read that tweet, I keep thinking to myself, girl, you know it's true. Uh, oh, yeah. I love you. And blame it on, on the, the rain. rain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clearly, yeah. I didn't pick a career as a singer for a reason, but. Hopefully that brought a chuckle to your day if you're listening in the car or even <laughs> yeah. at your desk, and the car next to you is looking at you laugh out loud, I just know. nod your head and say. Blame it on the rain.
0: <laughs> yeah, and everybody knows, uh, obviously. Well, if you don't know the Millie Vanilli story, you know it's kind of weird because they were caught lip syncing and stuff, and it. I guess they turned out to be frauds or whatnot. But you know what, Tam? I don't know about you, but that's still a jam to me. I don't care who's singing it, you know. <laughs> and he had one more tweet, Tam, that I thought was really funny too. Is um, and this is his other tweet, and I quote, and I'm quoting Dale Earnhardt Jr. again here, but he goes, I quote, "When I go to a nice steakhouse." I know it's frowned upon, but I still got to have that A1. No offense to the chef. (laughs) And it's it's funny because, like I mean, I know how some people really like A1. Like They just got to have the A1. The A1 is just one of those things that they got to have. Now, I'm one of those guys, to be honest with you, Tim, like, I love A1. I love A1 sausage. It's just that good. But there are moments where I know that I'm going to try it, especially if it's an upscale steakhouse. I'm going to take a couple of bites of that steak by itself because I guarantee you, if it's that good, there was no room for A1 sauce because that steak by itself, if it's that good, you don't need it. But that A1 sauce, it's hard not to reach for it, Tim.
1: I don't even eat beef or pork. I can't even begin to comment on A1 sauce because I don't know much about it, Right, but I do know. People who like it, it's like Tabasco sauce. They either love it or hate it and they're addicted to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. We had
1: this conversation. I'm more of a red rooster hot sauce girl, but.
0: Oh, that red rooster. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. More power to Dale Jr. and his A1 sauce, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Well, okay. You heard it here first.
0: Yeah. Dale Jr. likes
1: A1 and he likes Millie Vanilli.
0: Yeah. And that's our Dale Jr. update.
1: True. Yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh, I love ooh. it. <laughs> I just like, I always like that song. What's going on in NASCAR? We alluded to it a little bit earlier. It's so many rules. It's always something. Veteran drivers are gone. Fans are disgruntled. It is what it is. It's NASCAR. What I think we should talk about, though, and this is probably my own little preference because I have been hanging out with an IndyCar champ and, you know, I was in austin with shell and ferrari oh and i want to just tell you the ferrari gifts that i got mwah. thank you ferrari thank you shell wow that's and good, huh? wanted to talk about some nascar so renee i've been thinking a lot about this and people probably about four people ask me why do i like nascar versus indycar or formula one for that matter And we've talked about it. I I have a friend who also works at IndyCar, and he told me to come over to the IndyCar side. My thing is, I love F1. I love the snootiness and the poshness of Formula One. I like that the cars go super fast. I did get some insight, though. You heard it here first, or maybe it's not a breaking story, but apparently Formula One is going back to their original engines. In two years, because I don't know if you guys know, but Formula One has new ownership. So things are shaking and turning around over there. I do like that about Formula One. Like I said, the poshness, the snootiness, the money, because it smells like money at every mm-hmm. turn.
0: It sure I, I does.
1: Okay. Yeah. I didn't even tell you guys about all the champagne that was flowing, Moet, every place. And okay, my appetizer for my dinner, guess what it was?
0: Uh Caviar.
1: It was lobster. That was the appetizer before the main,
0: main, main um, meal was served. Listen to you. You sound like F1 already. Look <laughs> there.
1: Yes. And also what's crazy too about Formula One, their hospitality sweets. First of all, everything's free. Anything you can ever dream of, whether it's ice cream, if you want gummy bears, chocolate toppings everything is just in abundance every place like at every turn there's champagne they never serve hard liquor but it's champagne juices it's just so much flowing I mean I walked out of there the first and second day like oh my god I've overeaten maybe you know you know it's NASCAR folks free stuff you're like okay wait (laughs) but I have so many hats and backpacks and Ferrari stuff and I will tell you I went over to the fan zone to buy a t-shirt and I was like yep can't buy a t-shirt for $90 but it looks nice (laughs) but that's Formula One for you and one last thing I was gonna say before I got sidetracked that what I like about Formula One is their hospitality team they fly them from race to race Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's the same people who the chef is flown in from wherever. It's just the same group of people. And I'm not talking about a small group. I'm talking about a large group. Like I had a couple of conversations with people who work with Ferrari and with the team. And they were like, yeah, because I I made a joke. I said, oh, you guys fly private. The guy's like, yeah, we fly on the private jet from race to race. I'm like, this must be nice. Just to serve people some delicious food. Now, (laughs) okay, so I got sidetracked. So that's what I like about Formula One the poshness and the snootiness. NASCAR, okay.
0: That's what I think is so kind of cool about it because that F1, you're right, there is a snootiness about it, but that, and I'm sure, you know, NASCAR fans look at this, but like the F1 is like that upper high class, you know what I mean? Like they have that fancy schmancy type stuff, and then you look at NASCAR, and it's like the blue collar guys. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm drinking a beer after work. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to go shoot exactly. some pool. Yeah, you know, you, you know exactly where I'm going with that, right? Yeah, there. and
1: that's the thing. So you just took the words out of my mouth. That is what I like about NASCAR. Is I don't know if I should say this, but I like the hillbilly redneckness. Of yeah, NASCAR.
0: seriously. I, yeah, but, and I love go it ahead. too.
1: Yeah, so I love that about NASCAR, but I love the poshness about Formula One. Now, the question is, what do you like about IndyCar? I can't really say. And that's why I'm not a huge IndyCar fan like that. Like, I know what's going on. I know some of the drivers, but I love the contrast between Formula One and NASCAR. Now, IndyCar fans will tell you, oh, IndyCar is fast. NASCAR is slow because it is kind of true. IndyCar is going 230 miles an hour, whereas NASCAR are right under 200 if you're not at a super speedway. And to be quite honest, if you're on a road course, you may be going 90 to 130, just kind of depending on where you're at at the track. And maybe even lower than that, because shoot, you think about what is pit road speed at? Some tracks is like 35, 45 miles an hour. I get it. But yeah, those are my thoughts on NASCAR versus IndyCar versus Formula One. At heart, if I had to choose one, I know so much about NASCAR is familiar to me, but I'm definitely about the Formula One life. I like the lifestyle of it, to be honest.
0: You have to love that kind of lifestyle. I mean, you got to treat yourself to, uh, you know, everybody needs steak and lobster at some point, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) During our Twitter chat. Somebody mentioned that going to Monaco was on their bucket list for a Formula One race. I was like, yeah, Formula One backdrops for their races is Monaco, yachts and stuff, and NASCAR backdrops is, what, some dirty field? I don't know. So two different worlds, but I appreciate all of them but like i just said if i had a choice i don't know it would be a tough one indycar (laughs) is not in the picture it would definitely be either formula one or nascar NASCAR, but but since i'm talking you know we're talking about nascar this is a nascar podcast per se i guess we'll have to just pick nascar (laughs) so on that note renee unless you want to add anything no no i'm good
0: i'm I'm good. good so, yeah. okay,
1: your NASCAR, you Formula One or IndyCar?
0: I'll go with NASCAR, but you know what? Like I just alluded to a few minutes ago, you know what? Sometimes you got to treat yourself to some Formula One every once in a while. Okay. Get, yeah, get some of that snootiness.
1: <laughs> Snooty.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Okay, <laughs> would... so let's jump into our fan comment of the week. And of course, we're going to take it from our Twitter chat because as the young folks would say, our Twitter chat has been pretty lit. The last few days or the last few months. Right on. I'm not sure. Which question should I tackle? I'll read two questions and you tell me which one should we tackle. One question is, is it time for NASCAR to rethink the playoff format again? If so, why? Should drivers go home after they are eliminated? Then the other question is, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott playoff hopes are still alive. Who has a better chance of becoming a young champion? I'll let you pick Renee and then I'll... Read off some answers based on your pick.
0: I'm kind of interested to see what the people would say about, should the drivers go home after they're eliminated? I've thought about that for years. So let's go with that.
1: Okay. Just to reread the question. The question was, is it time for NASCAR to rethink the playoff format again? If so, why should drivers go home after they are eliminated? Picking some responses to that question at random. and Bun and his user is smooth. S-M-O-O-T-H operator, and he spells operator with two eights, as in Dale Earnhardt Jr. So that's O-P-E-R-8-8-O-R. He says, TBH, I sort of like it. Playoffs aren't always fair, regardless of the sport. I'm not sure how I feel about points rolling over into the next round, though. Other than that, leave it for a while. Hashtag NASCAR talk. Okay. Our boy Front Row Kenny over at Front Row Kenny, he talks NASCAR. He says, I personally would like the original format from 2004 to return, if anything. Very simple. 10 drivers, 10 races. Okay. Let's see. Jason Rogers, JRogers underscore nine. He states, honestly, I quite like to see NASCAR go back to a non-playoff format. But with stage points, it'll never happen, but a boy can dream. Right. Good luck with that, because (laughs) you can dream in NASCAR, but NASCAR will crush your dreams.
0: No kidding.
1: I'll just pick two more random ones. So Smitty at wrong end ever. How do you say that? Everon? So I'll just spell it, because when in doubt, spell. (laughs) There you go. User W-R-O-N-G-L-E. N-E-V-E-R-A-M. He writes, I like the original system that awarded you for your body of work throughout the entire year. First race is just as important as the last. Okay, and one last tweet. And this comes from Gray Clark user G Clark tweets number two. He says, consistency pays regardless of format. One mistake at Talladega or a blown engine at Kansas and you're out. Don't really care for it. There you go. The consensus is, and we had a bunch of people chime in, people don't like it. Right. That's just the bottom line. People don't like it. That is our fan comment of the week. The fans have spoke, and they don't really care for the playoff format. Yeah. Nobody really actually answered the question, should drivers go home? So I'm going to answer this. Like Renee just said, he thinks about it or has thought about it for years. I've also thought about it. I feel like that's the way the playoffs are. Like, even if you look at the pennant run, the Astros beat the Yankees. The Yankees went home.
0: Yeah, there you go. Now they're
1: playing the Dodgers. But I don't know if that would work in NASCAR. Because can you imagine just having 10 cars race? Around the track?
0: Yeah, see, then that, that's the kind of like the weird thing about it. It's like, yeah, you, you want the other drivers to go home because, you know, well, you know, what if they cause a wreck? And then, uh, you know, they cause some of the other guys not to move to the next round because of it. And then you get the backside of that and OK, okay well, what if they do go home? But it's not the same when you got like six, 10 drivers out on the track. <laughs> I totally get it, though, Tam. It's just a, yeah. like a double-edged sword.
1: OK, so on that note, Reneeus, your favorite part of the show. Let's move into some
0: predictions we are at martinsville martinsville
1: it's time for tam and renee's race predictions renee what you got
0: okay i wouldn't be a darn bit surprised if truex just comes out and just wants to win another race just because he just wants to win but i don't think it's going to happen so what i am gonna say is that i am gonna go with my boy jimmy johnson on this one I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson pulls out a rabbit out of his hat and says, I'm taking the checkered flag this weekend. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson as my winner. And my dark horse, I'm actually going to go with Kyle Bush as my dark horse.
1: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, I'm going to let you guys know. Well, you know what? We had a first time listener last week. So let me not be rude because we may have another first time listener this week who doesn't understand how we do things in this house. Before we move on with Tam's predictions, each week, I give you a bit of a history lesson. And the history lesson consists of some notables and some patterns and some winners and sometimes some losers at the track that we're racing on. We're at Martinsville, as Renee said. I am going to break down what has happened at Martinsville over the years. And then I'm going to give you my predictions. It's very simple. Martinsville, we've been racing there for years. We've been racing at Martinsville since 1949. Put that in perspective. That's crazy. That's That's a a half a century plus. 1949, Jesus. Wow. And we typically race twice in a year. We race in April and October at Martinsville. I'm going to give you the last top 10 winners at Martinsville, but only for the October race because we race late in October. No need to give you the April winners. So I'll just break down the October winners. In 2007, Jimmy Johnson took the checker flag to the tilt. 2008, Jimmy Johnson again. 2009, Denny Hamlin. 2010, Denny Hamlin. 2011, Tony Stewart. 2012, Jimmy Johnson. 2013, Jeff Gordon. 2014, Dale Earnhardt Jr. 2015, Jeff Gordon. And 2016, Jimmy Johnson. If you heard Jimmy's name a lot, there's a reason because that guy's a super winner at Martinsville. (laughs) Jeff Gordon's also a super winner at Martinsville. Jeff Gordon has won nine times. And I know he's not racing anymore, but it's worth noting that Jeff Gordon has won nine times at Martinsville. And Jimmy Johnson has also won nine times at Martinsville. Jimmy's first race win at Martinsville was in 2004. His last race win was last year. There is a possibility Jimmy is still on fire at Martinsville. The only other current driver that has done pretty well at Martinsville is Denny Hamlin. He's a five-time winner there. Ironically, and worth noting, Brad Kozlowski actually won the last race earlier this year at Martinsville, which was in April. And Chase Elliott, and this is worth noting, Chase Elliott has actually won a race at Martinsville as well, but it wasn't a cup race and it wasn't an Xfinity race either. It was a truck race. So I don't know if you can compare truck to cup, but just saying that to say Chase was able to get it done at Martinsville in a different series. Where I'm going with this is you can never count Jimmy Johnson out. Jimmy, I mean, the fact that he was on the five minute clock for 30 minutes, it seemed like this past week at Kansas and he was able to move on to the next round of playoffs, I feel like his luck may be turning around. So I'm going to pick Jimmy Johnson as my dark horse. He's not who I'm going to pick as my winner. I am feeling like something's going to happen. And what is going to happen, I'm not quite sure. But I'm going to go with Kyle Bush hasn't been great at Martinsville. He's won once, I believe, in the Cubs series, but he hasn't been great. And we don't run often. We haven't run in Xfinity, I think it was since 2004. And prior to that, we hadn't run a lot either. But don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. But I know we don't run Xfinity at, or we haven't consistently over the last few years at Martinsville. So with that being said, I'm going with Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick has some very interesting comments during an interview post-race. And Kevin has got a chip on his shoulder. Like low-key, he's not feeling the whole Truex dominating the points. And that was my translation, not his. So I'm going with Kevin Harvick to win, and I'm going with Jimmy Johnson as my dark horse.
0: There you go. Those are Tam's predictions. Those are my predictions. If you guys got predictions, please let us know. You can hit us up on our social media across the board on our Twitter account, on our Instagram account. And please look us up on Facebook. But we are across the board at TurnsNoBreaks, at TurnsNoBreaks. And please do us a favor. If you know people who uh, are NASCAR fans just as much as we are and just as much as you are, turn them onto our podcast. Uh, they can uh, find us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. Rate, review us. Please leave us a comment because we really do appreciate your comments, guys. And uh, also, you can find us on Google Play, SoundCloud, and what's the other one, Tim?
1: You can find us on Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Leave a comment on iTunes and hit subscribe on iTunes. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Please do that. And uh, we really do appreciate all you listeners that listen to us each and every week. Please be kind to each other. Enjoy the World Series. Go Astros. Go Dodgers. And may the best team win. And we'll see you back here next week.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.